I barely recognize this podcast anymore. The government's got to seen communists and harmless phosphorescents. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Throw Smiley. For an old man, I ain't bad in a podcast. Who's joining me this week? Hello, I am Josh Cece, master of selective magnetism. I'm Brian Lesh, and we seem to have reached the age where life keeps giving us Indiana Jones movies. And in the space between spaces, there is Alaric Weber. And wow. this is... That's deep. It is. It's true, though. He's just kind of slides yeah. in there. <laughs> You're scanning a room, then on the second skin, you see him. He slides into the space between spaces, like... <laughs> sliding into DMs. <laughs> um, this is Armless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made and Indiana Jones movies. I've got to come up with a new intro. Um, He's a superhero. He fits. It works. The power uh, to survive a nuclear uh, explosion. You could add um, popular franchises. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll make it new, <laughs> new and fresh for next time. <laughs> hey, Poochie. <laughs> With not seven percent new footage. Uh, no, Rostified. Yeah. By twenty percent. Uh, this is harmless phosphorescence. We're watching Indiana Jones, all of them. All of them. Um, and it's been wonderful up in, so far. Up until a certain point, it's been great. Um, this show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got a lot of bonus content there. We got Star Wars shows and we've got monthly movies. Uh, we just did Encino Man last month, Split Second, starring... Rutger Hauer and Kim Cattrall's boobs will be coming soon. Um, but uh, yeah, buck a week. That's all you need. Patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, though, we are watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Legend says that a crystal skull was stolen from a mythical lost city in the Amazon. Supposedly built out of solid gold, guarded by the living dead. Whoever returns the skull to the city temple will be given control over its power. You will help us find it. Simple yes will do. So, we will do this old-fashioned way. Put your hands down, will you? You're embarrassing us. Don't touch anything.
curious if I were you. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, uh, whenever anybody uses the expression the old-fashioned way, I picture them shoving someone into a horse and buggy. <laughs> Kidnapping them? The old-fashioned well, way? Well, because it's usually that. It's usually a villain or a bad guy. Like, we're going to have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Just like oil lamps. The rope and tie oil the railroad lamps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, from that trailer, this movie does not look like any other Indiana Jones movie. No. It looks like a prequel movie. Yeah. It's Revenge of the Sith, Indiana Jones version. Yeah, absolutely. It's Yeah, I feel like it told me nothing. I loved how, after the first two words, Legend says he sighs <laughs> in the trailer. Uh... Heavy sigh. Yeah, just anyway. Har- that was Harrison Ford though. That wasn't even acting. He was just yeah. like Legend says, "Oh boy." Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was released May 22nd, 2008 at a running time of 122 minutes, cost 185 million and it made 790 million dollars. Um if you could buy a Crystal Skull with that kind of bread <laughs> yeah, you could. Um, it's as a as a as a what is it as a uh, not a percentage, but a um, a a by a multi, like a multiplier of how many how much its budget costs. It's not the most successful Indiana Jones movie, but you know, it by just a solid number, it is seven hundred. Mm-hmm. But you know, not how many years elapsed between. Last Crusade and this movie. Uh, 19. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's too many years, man. It is and simultaneously too many and too few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Harrison Ford was a little more spry than I thought I remembered him being. Well, yeah, I mean, just wait till next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was you just have to swing over this pit. No, this is how I die. <laughs> Sitting uh, here. Well, and apparently like they did the uh they 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 did the the Irishman on him for a good chunk of it where he was just acting and then they put a young face on him, but like old men mm-hmm. still move like old men, like yeah, current there's form. no de aging knee yeah. knees. Like current Ford can't uh, move like like Harrison did in Raiders, so yeah, just like like Robert De Niro in The Irishman, where he's like an old man, like trying to kick people on the ground. I know, and every <laughs> and I know he looks so weird, and every time Joe Pesci refers to him as kid or the kid, <laughs> it's just like no, it's like that always sunny thing where he's just wearing a Beatles wig. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um I know we've talked about Robert De Niro and his like T Rex hands when he like, kicks people before. Yes. I realize it's the same yeah, thing. It is. It's the same thing that Palpatine does when he's shooting lightning. 
I know you think of him in Mean Streets just kicking the shit out of people on top of a pool table. Yeah. And then the, uh, the little T-Rex head. Like a guy, a guy you got in an argument with in a CVS parking lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull made a lot of money. Let's play the box office top 10 game. This yeah. is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week of May 22nd. 2008 and all these guys here are going to try to guess what movie that is you ready to play yes all right number 10 for the week 2008 may 22nd a college professor travels to new york city to attend a conference and finds a young couple living in his apartment looks like we got uh, we got uh, who's that is that william hurt i can't tell Picture's too small. That's not William Hurt. Um, from the director of The Station Agent and the producer of Sideways. That tells you nothing. Uh, Thomas Hayden House. is in it, yes. I'm sure. Uh, uh, it's called The Visitor. Just The Visitor. Yeah, no idea. Um... At number nine this week, after being mistaken for terrorists, two stoners escape and return to the U.S., where they proceed to flee across the country with federal <laughs> agents in hot pursuit. This is the Guantanamo yeah. Yeah. version, right? The yeah. Second one? Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. They made, they made a weird number of those considering like how... Uh, how, how Good uh, Cal Penn and to a lesser extent John Cho's careers have actually been well, and it's May of two thousand and eight. Yeah. Obama was just elected, right? Yes. No. Uh, no. No. Oh, he no. No. Be oh, that's right. Until November. He, he, November is the election, but Cal Penn is currently writing speeches and working for his uh, what's it called? His team. His yeah, his campaign. That's yes. right. His campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was briefly he served was on the administration advised. too. Yes. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, and then on, on another hand, it's like, let's make a movie that's just an absolute time capsule, for, you know, like Guantanamo Bay. And, well, and it's interesting know. having a comedian on your team. That's not, you know, completely unusual, well, but Obama, having yeah. but having one who's making a movie about Guantanamo and smoking weed. That's pretty that, unusual. That is unusual. Yeah. yeah. It's like having sure. Cheech or Chong. You know, absolutely. And your but, team. But then the next president had Kim and Kanye as prison reform well, advisors. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure Cal Penn has like a master's degree in like, uh, uh, what's it, public service or whatever. Not public service. What do they call that? The yes. one that political people get? Uh, I don't know. It's like political, Civics. political science. No, no. I don't know. No, yeah, uh, political science. Uh, yeah, no, no. Cal Penn is. is very qualified to write speeches. He's, yeah, he's an interesting dude. I don't mean to yeah. diminish his his level of skill and qualification. Hey, hey, I don't think you should diminish the level of skill and qualification of Cheech or Chong. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, they at, were. Ge- oh God. Yeah. Well, yeah. Geniuses. Uh, at no- um, not on a comedic level necessarily. Yeah, Nixon right. tried to get him, but. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, Nixon at Ben Stein. Yeah. All right. At number eight this week, devastated Peter takes a Hawaiian vacation in order to deal with the recent breakup with his TV star girlfriend. 
Oh, this is uh, what's it called? Uh, Saving Sarah Marshall. Yeah, or forgetting forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that was a good yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. At number seven, uh, I was gonna I was gonna guess uh, Spider Man No Lay Home. Oh. <laughs> no Lay. <laughs> that this movie came out right after I got to Hawaii, mm. so it was very much like, oh hey, I'm seeing all the places I've seen. So it's weird to watch it now. Mm. Um, at a number seven this week, a guy in love with an engaged woman tries to win her over as- after she asks him to be her maid of honor. I'm assuming she thinks he's gay. Man of honor? Close. Um, bros maids. <laughs> no, it's um, maid of honor. M-A-D-E. Maid of honor. That's stupid. Oh, he's made of honor. Black it's oh, it's an <laughs> unbridled comedy. At number six this week. Oh, this movie. Um, a successful single businesswoman who dreams of having a baby discovers she's infertile and hires a working class woman to be her unlikely surrogate. It's that Tina Fey joint, right? Tina uh, and Baby. Amy. Mama. Yeah, and Baby Amy. Mama. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they didn't make enough movies together, Tina and Amy. Yeah. Sisters were, was decent. This one had moments. Mm. Sisters was uh, funny, pretty much. It's, it's, it's weird they could never quite get it to work in film form, the two of them, because there's... Yeah, maybe it was after the '80s, but like they—I don't think there's—they've nailed the buddy movie formula in a long time. Yeah, yeah. There was a period of time when I really wanted to see a uh, reboot of uh, uh, *Stir Crazy* with a uh, uh-huh. with with uh, Donald Glover and Chris Pratt. Oh man! Uh-huh. In, Gene, in the Gene Wilder, <laughs> Richard Pryor roles. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, but, but switched. Yeah, yeah, but then you know, Chris Pratt stopped being funny. So, oh, but that character could be recast. I like yeah. the Donald yeah. Glover though. Yeah, I could see that dynamic working really well though. Yeah. Um. And, yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Donald Glover and John Mulaney. <laughs> oh my god yeah oh richard Pryor says that gene because it was filmed at florence prison and they were around actual inmates and richard be like gene was literally gene like he would just run up hey so where are you from originally and, blah, blah, blah. and he'd be like gene these are fucking murderers <laughs> and rapists like they'll kill you motherfucker oh they're nice guys <laughs> oh, Gene Wilder, man. Uh, um, at number five this week at the box office five. Yeah, we're on five. Um, a young driver aspires to be champion of the racing world with the help of his family and a high tech car. Speed Racer. Go, Speed Racer. Go. Yeah, we did that, right? We did, we that, did that one. That oh, one we, we did actually one. did, yes. <laughs> I th- that that one feels like a fever dream because the movie is a fever dream. That movie so is good. Wow, it's, it's something so cool. Yeah, but it, also weird and yeah. Wow, two thousand and eight. Yeah, that is that's one that's one of those movies that I will champion that people shit on. Like that one is 
goddamn good. Well, and it, it's funny, 2008, like that movie is very impressive with its use of CGI compared to this movie we're going to talk about, oh, which was incredibly it, cheap and lazy. So well, it's like so I started to try to give it. I'm like, okay, well, 2008, but then, yeah. But I mean, like they Jurassic Park be, yeah, was in right. 94, you know, or whatever. Right. And then but Speed Speed Racer. This comparing way. this to Speed Racer, Speed Racer was creative and inventive in the way that it used CGI. And it looked fast. Yeah. This movie was not creative and nothing looked fast. This movie was the slowest shit I've ever watched in my life. Oh, my God. God, it dragged. Which it what was, aggravated me were the blue and green screen work. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can't think of any particular like like one effect, but they're constantly standing and talking to each other like an indie movie, and the backgrounds are—they're just ridiculous. They're worse yeah. than Super Bowl ads at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I would rather have a matte painting. Oh. Yeah. I don't care Anything. that it's 2008. Give me a matte painting. Fucking go to the jungle and film some so, shit, assholes. Uh, it, the CGI thing with Speed Racer. At least a sound stage. I'm really glad that Speed Racer came up because it's been driving me nuts because everything falls apart in the jungle. But the speed of the things that are happening are wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Last Crusade, the most incredible stunt sequence, possibly still one of the most incredible stunt sequences, they're probably going about eight miles an hour mm-hmm. on that tank, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty quick. Like, I'm not going to say that it's not fast. But, like, this, it looks like they're going 45 or 70. I can't tell. I can't nothing, tell, yeah. But I, it, nothing feels like things are actually happening. Whereas no. in that, as slow as they were going, God, it was like there was tension. Well, and Speed the, Racer had the tension from that speed. Well, this and, has no speed. And it, it's like they completely forgot how to shoot, pace, or edit a movie. Every, all of the pacing was off. All the edits came a little too soon or a little too late. They would like, like, like even in the trailer, like, um, I mean, well, it was actually better in the trailer because they cut it up. But like every scene, like, like, like Mutt and Mary would stop and look at each other and smile and then say their lines. Like, mm-hmm. it, but you, yeah, it was filmed and <clears throat> um, choreographed like, like Cannonball Run or the Gumball Rally or something. Um Oh, okay. Um, number four. You can say words out. <laughs> it's, it's an audio medium. <laughs> for those of you at home, Al still hasn't a, caught a on. Card. He thinks we talk too much for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I just think we're getting ahead of ourselves when we're still in the top ten. We are. Oh no, we there's are. so much complaining about this movie that's going to just seep through every moment. Okay, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. All right, so number four. <laughs> And the top 10. I forgot we were doing the top 10 now. I'm sorry. I was just making the point of like, obviously there were computer effects capable at the time better than what we got in this indie movie. Well, and Speed Racer, despite its flaws and faults. I brought it right back. Like, it does all the things that this movie feels. Well, I mean, and I'm just happy to make that comparison because it's funny that that happened. Some movies benefit from the insanity and fluidity of CGI. Speed Racer is one of them. Indiana Jones is supposed to be a very grounded, physical, real world feeling. Not, you know, real world feeling. No, but like dust blowing. Real dust blowing on you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't you know what I mean? Like, Indy got dirty 
Yes. While you were watching him, literally. You want to you know him just like that th- that chase sequence at the end of Raiders is one of the best action sequences ever made, period. And it's like it because they actually were out there filming on just a dirt road. Right. <laughs> That's just do that. Just yeah. drive around and film it. You don't have to spend $60 million on CGI to make a jungle chase. Okay, before we get on to number four. Um, <laughs> it makes me think so of Mission pissed. Impossible. The Mission Impossible movies still continue to be like, all right, well, can we strap Tom Cruise to like, we did a plane last time. What about like a a, a satellite? Can we tie him to a satellite this time and launch him into orbit? Yeah. Can we recover Tom Cruise safely? How much would insurance cost? Let's put that in the movie. Like, not to say that they should be launching Indiana Jones into space on a rocket. To, you know, he's Harrison Ford. So but like, they like, almost pr- did. The this. practical effects of things yeah. are lost completely in this movie. Yeah. This is like the worst example of not using practical effects when they should have. Yeah. So, all right. Anyways, um, number four is for you, Al. A man and a woman are compelled for legal reasons to live life as a couple for a limited period of time. At stake is a large amount of money. That was strange. That was... This is, uh, what's her name from Friends? No, it is not. I now pronounce you Frank and Larry or Chuck No, Larry. no, no. This is, uh, this is Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher. Oh. Yeah, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Well, and I, and you know you're going to believe how miserable they are with each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's called What Happens in Vegas. Oh. Uh, again, like, let's make a movie that references a, a ad campaign right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the timeless movie of what stays in Vegas. Yeah. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Yes. Let's make that movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly, yes. The other white meat. How about just like, got milk? <laughs> yeah, it's the right qu- here. Indiana Jones and the quest for the gallon of milk. <laughs> they may as well. All right. At number three this week. After being held captive in an Afghan cave, a billionaire engineer creates a unique weapon to fight evil. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I Iron man. man. Iron Man, yeah. Was released uh, less than a month earlier. And still number three. Yeah. The staying power of that movie is, yeah, wow. It was cleaning up, yes. Absolutely. Um, At number two this week. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how. So either this would either be gibberish or completely give it away based on people's uh, uh, knowledge of the source material. I'll just read it. The Pevensey siblings return to a land where they are enlisted to once again help ward off an evil king and restore the rightful heir to the land's throne. This is not the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but this is the Prince yeah. Caspian. Yeah, Cask of Amontillado. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Narnia 2. Is Liam Neeson still around for Narnia 2? I think that I think Aslan has like a small cameo. He's a cameo in it. His little yeah. dance sequence. Yeah. Uh, Aslan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they crucify him because I know that he's. Oh, yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> that was. 
A very, oh, yeah, it's all very, a metaphor. Yeah, thinly veiled. It's, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very Jesus-y with the allegory there. Yeah, yeah. C.S. Lewis wrote books about. And at religion. number one, in 1957, Indiana Jones becomes entangled in a Soviet plot to uncover the secret behind mysterious artifacts known as the Crystal Skulls. Number one, of course, it was Indiana Jones. Um, so... Speaking of crystal skulls, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I uh, yes. looked. Um, so crystal skulls are were claimed to be pre-Columbian Mesoamerican artifacts um, by their alleged finders. However, these claims have been refuted for all specimens currently available for scientific studies. The results of these studies demonstrated that those examined were manufactured in the mid to late 19th century, almost certainly in Europe, most likely in Germany, in the workshops of the town Eider Oberstein, which is renowned for uh, uh, crafting objects made from imported Brazilian quartz at that time. Yeah. Are um, you talking about like the, the Mitchell Hedges skull? The... Yes. Which was an actual thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Paris skull. Yeah. The actual skull. So I just wanted to put that in a little perspective. This is the only, until now, I don't know what the Dial of Destiny is, but up until this point, this is the only Indiana Jones movie that is about an artifact that's proven to be uh, a fake and very recently made. Like 100 and years, 150 years ago. Pretty well known, man. It's fake. It It'd be like making Indiana Jones and the fucking lost uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, you know? No, well, no, we know those, is, is, but like the Shroud of Turin. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah exactly. You know well, what I mean? I, like that's been... Yeah, Shroud of Turin's probably... Very so but, but at least that like is like a five, six hundred years old. <laughs> like, yeah. this is... Well, I'm just... The, the translations of the Dead Sea Scrolls are uh, tenuous. Yeah, yes. But yeah, this is something. They are. They these, are. these skulls didn't even exist until like the 1880s or so. Yeah. So like. Yeah. yeah uh, it's it's a flim flam. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, so also um, the the city of Akator mm -hmm. um, was based on a legend of uh, mythological city of Akakor. Oh. Um, but that. No one had even heard of that until like 1976, <laughs> when some journalists wrote about it in something called the the Chronicle of Akakor, and it was oh. um, it was a city somewhere. It was a like a supposed to be an underground city somewhere between Brazil, Bolivia, and Peru, um, but then they conflated it with the story of El Dorado, El Dorado, yeah, um, which originally. They were originally that El Dorado was El Rey Dorado was a king who like dusted himself in gold and like dipped himself in a lake or something <laughs> for but the Met then, Gala. Then that blew up into a city of gold and his and its fabulous king. And they were looking for that um, in like Colombia and all around like the north coast of coastal areas of South America. But actually looking for that resulted in mapping most of northern South America. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Okay. So that is vastly more interesting than the shit they just made up out well, of whole cloth in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, Thoreau, you'll get into it, why we got aliens. Well, I mean... Because the there's one reason why we got aliens. Spoiler. Thanks, Brian. Uh, X-Files? No, George. It, it, I oh. mean, yeah, it is all George. This is the most George-influenced indie movie by far. It, it has to be because I feel like Steven Spielberg checked out. Now, even a bad Steven Spielberg movie is better than, you know, a good one from a lot of people. But, yeah, it feels more George because it does not feel Steven. A little bit in the beginning, like you said. It feels directed by George. Yeah. Like, in a bad Mm. way. Instead of, like, when Spielberg, like, covertly directs. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So, um, after... Last Crusade, George, with with very little um, input from Stephen in any way whatsoever, um, started making the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which was a really fun show. Yeah, they, and video what games. I watched of it, yeah. Oh yeah, the same, there there were like three games that came out kind of in correspondence with the show, or two games, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah, and those were Lucas Arts because they were the video game house for that kind of thing too yeah yeah exactly um there were four people played indian that um there was Corey carrier as like nine-year-old indiana jones uh sean patrick flannery as you know like a late teen early 20s indie river phoenix the river phoenix area george hall played 93 years old indiana jones with an eye patch. With an eye patch, yes. And I wonder if they're going to take his eye and dial a destiny. I hope Ooh. they do. And Harrison Ford reprised his role for a cameo as Indy uh, with a beard at one point in uh for for a for an episode. I yeah, I've seen that that episode. Um, it's very brief. Yeah, and very not, and not that special. And it did not do anything for the show. No, no, it didn't. That show was largely edutainment too. It was mm-hmm. you were supposed to learn about a historical fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not unlike Wishbone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Wishbone! Wow. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was a show I really He's... liked as a little kid. <laughs> this fucking. Talking... I wasn't that little, but yeah, yeah I saw it, it on PBS. The dog didn't sure. talk, right? Cody. Yeah. We just learned shit from the dog somehow. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the dog. Uh, um, About history, something that lives approximately thirteen years. Barking right. about Napoleon and shit. Um, <laughs> um. So, yeah, Lucas started making this. Um, or started making Young Indy. He originally had planned on making a series of prequels. Indie oh. prequel film starring River Phoenix. But of course that didn't happen for obvious reasons. Um so uh after that he uh decided that he wanted to make an 
a film with an older Indiana Jones set in the 50s. Um, he wanted it to reflect the sci-fi 50s B-movie uh, aesthetic that he loved as a child and teen, um, which is where the aliens came from, which is why there's a greaser in there and there's a hot rods. Like, George is obsessed with his 50s teen childhood. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, I guess. Like, it's it's a perfectly fine time to put a movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the 50s-ness of it is, like, just permeates between the McCarthyism and the sci-fi elements and the 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 rock and roll elements like it's the Rureskis. it's uh, the, the thing i think about the, the it being set in the 50s though when we get a little bit of an allusion to it the first three movies were what it was like uh 37 35 and 40 or no 39? no no it was thir- like it was 36 34 and 38 38 and then this is in 51 57 57. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's 19 years after Last Crusade. So the, he briefly mentions we fought in the war together. Mm-hmm. We There is so much Indiana Jones fighting in World War II. He's a fully formed Indiana Jones in the war fighting mm-hmm. the Nazis. Mm-hmm. We got none of that. He's, I want to I see that Indiana he's Jones. He's referred to at one point as Colonel Jones. Yes. Hmm. This one, they talk about all the medals that he won. So that's active service for sure. Like, it's like having Audie Murphy step onto the battlefield already Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see Kung Fu fighting Indiana Jones in World War II, man. Hell yeah. That would be amazing. This is cool and all, but like, damn, that would have been incredible instead of the prequels or something in the late 90s. I, uh, I think I, we've talked about this before. I would have loved. I could go for eight more Indiana Jones movies. I wish yeah. they had just kept pumping them out. I'd I don't know why cool. they stopped. It, this is not number five coming out. This is not number four. They're just Indiana Jones movies. They're not really a linear thing. Right. They didn't need to wait nineteen years. Yeah, but that's what's so frustrating because this didn't work. Is if this had worked great, I would shut up about it. But like, damn. Right. It didn't pay off the anticipation yeah. factor. If you're going to feed me there. slop, feed me real slop. Like Indian World War II killing Nazis. <laughs> you know? Uh, that would be so satisfying. So, all right. So, um, he came up with that idea. Lucas did. He pitched it to Spielberg and Ford, who disliked it. Um, <laughs> this George Lucas felt that that uh, Harrison and Steven didn't fully understand the franchise's malleability. He thought that instead of doing the exact same movie all the time, they could test different genres with each installment, and it wouldn't stop being an adventure of the title character looking for a MacGuffin. I mean, is this another genre? That makes sense. No, I don't know. Sci-fi. the MCU does that. Like we talk about Winter Soldier being a political thriller or whatever, mm-hmm. I guess. This is not a different genre of movie at all. This is just well, it's more executed. it's more sci-fi. Well, and it's so ever. long. It's so it was long. long. 
this is like almost two hours, right? More than two hours. Oh yeah, it's it's slightly over two hours. It's so long. It's so slow. Unneedlessly long. It's just like why, why? So it's an Indiana Jones movie. In, damn it. In, okay, but okay, this is interesting. So in in 1993, George got Jeb Stewart, who wrote the Fugitive movie, um, to uh and and <laughs> Die Hard, to write nice. a treatment, which uh included. Uh, Stalin <laughs> sending the Soviets to find alien artifacts and the aliens had psychic powers. This is the story. He held on to this story for since 93. Like this was not, they didn't slap this story together. This was what Lucas was intent on doing for years. Yeah, Insanity. 15 years he held on to it. Yeah. Um, and then, like we said, fans waited 19 years. That's a 19-year buildup for what should have just been another movie. That's the key to the like Fast and Furious. They just keep pumping them out, and they don't make a big deal. They're like, if you like it, it's more of the same. We'll mm-hmm. see you there. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> but yeah, they, we they waited ad- 19 years. They advertise the shit out of it so everybody knows that it's happening, and then they come out, and then you buy it on DVD, and, they- and then you – Get another one in a year and a half or two years, and they all make eight. And they all make eight hundred million dollars, <laughs> and everyone's yeah. happy. They and don't act like, like it's an earth-moving thing, like yeah. the sequel you've been waiting for. Your whole, you know, yeah, exactly. So, was Lucas's original idea to have more of an alien invasion? No, he just wanted. Thing? He wanted aliens. Okay. That was he needed it to have aliens as the central thing because he wanted it to be in the fifties and aliens, which makes sense. I, the that atomic all fits together. Age. I understand yes. all of that, and honestly, the central conceit of the film, like I could live with if it was a better made movie. Yeah, because I have no skin in the game for like the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. I don't care about those MacGuffins. I don't care about all of that. Like, but the film itself. Um, but all right, so he um, he hired Jeffrey Jeffrey Bohm to write the next three versions. Um, those were written all the way through the mid '90s up until March of '96. Um, then Independence Day came out, and Stephen told George he didn't want to make an alien movie. Uh, <laughs> and at that point, Lucas decided to put it on the shelf and just focus on the prequels. Um. In 2000, Stevens, in an interview, said that they were going to start working on an Indiana Jones movie soon. Um, George, Stephen, Frank Marshall, and Kathleen Kennedy uh, took a met during the uh, AFI's tribute to Harrison Ford in that same year. Um, they decided that they uh, did want to. Uh, return to Indiana Jones. Um, and at that point, George convinced Steven to use aliens by telling him that they weren't extraterrestrials, but interdimensionals. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'll wait until we're there, but Ooh. what a load of horse shit. 
Well, just the idea that somebody in 1957 is going to say the word interdimensional fucking being. And nobody's going to really think twice. You know what I mean? Like, then it cuts to a wedding, essentially. Yeah. You know, Indy's like, are they going to space? No, they're going to the space in between space. Huh. It's 1957. They should be so, from Alpha Centauri or something. They should just say where they're from. They yeah. could have just gone oh. to space. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. there was no reason for that. Um, but then at um, at this is the point where George uh, decided the Crystal Skulls should be part of it. Um, should be the main MacGuffin. Because uh, he was high on Xanax one night. I was watching the History Channel <laughs> in a dark room by himself. He's like, Crystal Skull. And they, they hired on M. Night Shyamalan to write a script. Uh, no. All right. Way. Yeah. Um, this was supposed to be, they were supposed to start shooting in 2002. <laughs> They're like, Shia LaBeouf was dead the whole time. See, this is what I find fascinating. They didn't wait 19 years. They weren't like, no, we're all done. We're never coming back to this. They just couldn't get their shit together for 19 years. I mean, it's an Indiana Jones movie. How hard can it be? (laughs) It sounds like that was the reason why it was George's, like, idea. Uh, uh, They were avoided as long as they could. That's the thing. Somebody just needed to tell George. Stephen's not going to want to do it. He, he did. He told George that for like he 10 years. Over, and George told you over and over and over again, George. wore him down. He doesn't want to do this. And Stop. George, this makes no sense. Not for the yeah. character, not for the world that they live in. Not. And yeah. I can take a lot of this and accept it, even the bad parts of this movie. But yeah, just it just falls apart. It's the worst. You say oh, how, you ask how hard. It can be to write an Indiana Jones movie, but remember from the last two episodes um, how many different versions there were of Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade and how different they were from the original concepts, how different they were from what we actually got. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Um, But think about how close this is to what George originally was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he still probably had to compromise. Yeah. 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 So that was the problem with the prequels. Nobody could tell them that. Exactly. <laughs> I might have problem. made a mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that video. Oh, man. Oh, just that line is for the ages. Oh. oh. Wow. It's like poetry, though. It rhymes, right? <laughs> um. So M. Night yeah, Shyamalan it's... says he was overwhelmed writing the sequel, claiming it was too hard to get Ford, Spielberg, and Lucas to all focus on the script. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's pretty spicy, actually, for him to say that about three of the most famous people in the world. That he, he he's talked what? so much about how much he looks up to Steven Spielberg, particularly. Oh, that's Uh-oh. true. He does model himself after Spielberg. Oh, yeah, he pulled a yeah. Gallagher Brothers thing where, you know, it's like, uh, I'm as good. Yeah. yeah. Or better. Like, I have the secret, me and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, where did he say that? Like, is that a where is that interview? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't. I don't doubt I that he re- said it. But it like, was a pr- uh, in print, and I can't remember. Yeah, and, talking about the three of them. That's oh, that's pretty intense. Uh, Science Fiction Weekly. Is wow. Where that, oh, okay. That is linked to. 
I feel okay. I I feel okay with him talking about it there. Because yeah. I was like, damn, if he was like talking to ABC for like Girl in the Water or some movie. Oh God, yeah. You know, I'd have been like, come on, bro. I, I'm seeing a uh, a citation from uh, the author Anne Donahue uh, from Premiere, uh, an article entitled "Indiana Jones and the Curse of Development Hell." Yeah, there's that one, yeah. but but the citation about them specifically having a hard time working together. Um, yeah, says it was from a. Uh, oh, Science Sci-Fi Weekly. Weekly. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so he hired on Stephen Gagan and Tom Stoppard uh, to work on a script. Uh, Stephen Gagan, Gagan, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, he he worked with Soderbergh a lot. Um, and then Tom Stoppard, of course, we spoke about on uh, Last Crusade. Oh, Soderbergh. Yeah, the black and white uh, Raiders thing. Yep. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah, uh, I just I recently shared with these guys right before we got started. There's a black and white version of Raiders of the Lost Ark in Soderbergh's blog. You have to Google it. I'm not going to give you a link, um, but with Trent Reznor techno music over it, so that you can see the framing and the blocking that Spielberg uses, so you lose all the dialogue and stuff. Check it out; it's really cool. That's yeah. all. Mm. Yeah, definitely check it, it out. <laughs> Google it, guys. Um, so. Then they hired Frank Darabont. <laughs> oh, I love him. Everybody worked on this movie. Uh-huh. It was uh his script was entitled Indiana Jones and the City of Gods. That's a much better title. Yeah. Um Yeah, because Kingdom is inaccurate. I yeah. mean, at least we're not they don't it's lean on explaining that or an interdimensional ship or whatever. It's Something. not a kingdom. Yeah. And they obviously weren't crystal the whole time. So when they were living there and helping the indigenous peoples, you know, advance. It is kind of ghoulish that it is what? an alien skeleton in the title. They're like, and the skeleton of an alien. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a kingdom. This guy's a king. <laughs> um. That was set in the 50s, but it had ex-Nazis, not Soviets. Um, that was that was Stephen wanted the ex-Nazis. Um, they were in South America in the 50s. Uh, yeah. He wanted to work yeah. Juan Peron into it. Yeah, that's that's where Spielberg was coming from. Uh, I could see there being a Soviet, you know, little trio there, though, having mm-hmm. it all kind of everybody bump into each other. That could be fun. Now... At this point, Darabont says that Spielberg loved the script, but Lucas had issues. And so George decided to take over writing himself. Yeah. Oh, guys, I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm pretty good. What if Indy, yeah. what if Indy is, is, is on a nuclear blast? And then there's so, gophers. Gophers see him. So the yeah. thing that none of these, that these drafts have mentioned, at least as far as you've said, is the mention of a child. And knowing Spielberg, mm-hmm. see, in the last one we introduced his father, and this one we must introduce his son. Absolutely. Like, dog. Yeah. I mean, Spielberg, on, oh, I see you. On paper, it makes sense. But yeah, Steven. But like, he's like stumbling down the stairs telling us the story. None of this is fun. Um, Lucas and uh, Steven did agree that because of the Cold War, the Soviets would be better villains at this point. Um, 
but I like the Nazi twist because he hates Nazis. I hate these guys. He says it every movie. God, Nazis. I hate these guys. Well, and Steven said after Schindler's List, he didn't feel right using the Nazis in such a light manner. Um, but, uh, um, and Harrison Ford said, we plumb wore the Nazis out. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, it's interesting. The one Peron, um, I just know it from Billy Joel, Tuscanini, Dacron, oh. <laughs> rock around the clock. Anyways. Oh. Um, but that having Nazis in South America is a good way to continue Indiana Jones having adversarial relationships with Nazis. Nazis. Well, yeah, and I mean, of course, he fought in World War II, but also, I don't know. It's just, I, obviously, it can't continue being the Nazis forever. Well, yeah. we thought. I, I mean, <laughs> time is a flat circle. Motherfuckers. Um, yeah, so uh, then in 2004, they hired on Jeff Nathanson to write... <laughs> Who wrote Speed 2 Cruise Control? So George wasn't happy with his draft. <laughs> his own draft. Um, yeah. No. And he hired the guy from Speed 2? Well, to be fair, he also wrote Catch Me If You Can and The Terminal for Steven Spielberg. Um, oh, well, Catch Me If You Can is fine. But, but also Sp- Speed 2 Cruise Control? I don't know if you know. So so Steven Spielberg's cinematographer is Jan de Bont. Jan de Bont... I mean, he. I think Yandabon has 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 done uh, cinematography for every Spielberg film since. Uh, I want to say Minority Report, though it may even be earlier. It may be mm-hmm. like Amistad or something. But um, Yandabon directed Speed Two Cruise Control. <laughs> so I imagine it had had great cinematography. Who's the bad guy in that one? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh God, I don't know. I haven't seen it since like 1997 or something. Um, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Willem wow. Dafoe is the bad guy. Speed that. Two Cruise Control. So, are you gonna tell us the name of uh, Jeff Nathanson's draft? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, Jeff Nathanson. His draft was called Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds. Oh, no, no, no. This uh, Jeff oh, I'm Nathanson. Sorry. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. You're right. You're right, Al. Um, Indiana Jones and the Atomic Ants. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like it. It's weird. Yeah. It reminds me of the Dial of Destiny, though, where I'm like, what? Yeah, what is this? Atomic ants. Why is this an alliteration? But that scene with the ants in this, it it reminded me of those like giant monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Insect movies. So at that point, David Kep was hired on to write, who has the screenwriting credit on this film. We finally got to our credited writer. Um, And David Kep uh, is the one that... uh, submitted this first draft as uh, the Destroyer of Worlds. Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds. The Oppenheimer quote, of course. Um, It was changed to Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. (laughs) I wish Oppenheimer had changed it. Yeah, He's like, and I have become a kingdom of the Crystal Crystal Skulls. I am a kingdom. George Lucas is the one that insisted that it be Kingdom. 
I think uh, so. Because he wanted to make sequels in space, probably. probably. Stupid. Uh, um, David Kep's the one who had the idea about uh, the son of Indiana Jones. Um, and they, uh, David Kep collaborated with Lawrence Kasdan on a uh, on a dialogue rewrite, the love dialogue specifically between Marion and Indy. It it works. It's, it's it's one of the few things in the movie that works well, that I enjoyed yeah. every every moment. He wanted of. it to have that same like back and forth patter that they had in Raiders. Yeah. I my hot take on this, as much as I love Karen Allen, she wasn't up for it. She was too rusty. Yeah. It was too she couldn't pull it off this time. I think she was having fun. That that was the one thing that she I got. She smiled. At. Every single take and every single one, she was smiling. But that's her job. I think that was her job, is to be like, hey, I'm so happy everyone's together. I guess. I don't know. That's it, all I got from her performance was like, it's so nice to see everybody here together. I, she's there when everyone's together. I thought she gave the weakest performance. It was very, very, like, I don't know. It made me a little sad because I love Karen Allen and I love her 80s work. But, um, so, yeah. Uh, the she, she, looking back, she reminds me very much of my own mother oh, at that age. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Smiling all the time. Hmm. Um, yeah, specifically. Hmm. Um, unlike- Not as edgy as she used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, we all get old. Um, she's also used to dealing with Nazis. These are the Soviets. It's totally different. <laughs> An entirely different kind of pattern. You know, who knows what they'll do when they kidnap you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So uh, unlike all the previous movies, this was shot entirely in the United States. Where? Sound stages and Demi. Uh, Sound stage. Yeah. Um, Uh, New Mexico, Connecticut and Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Always Hawaii. Yeah. Steve Steve likes it there. So I... I looked up um, Marshall College and from Raiders, based simply on where the plane took off, uh, I thought he was teaching in San Francisco, the San Francisco area. But it turns out, canonically, he actually was teaching in uh, Bedford, Connecticut. Bedford? I yeah, mean, it felt East Coast. It always new, felt there's that There's a new way. Bedford. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it felt British even to me, not just East Coast. Yeah, supposed to be Bedford, Connecticut. But I had convinced myself since watching Raiders this time that he was located on the West Coast. Yeah, I had. And I think we all agreed on that. But now it turns out it actually is in Connecticut. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um. So yeah, they shot him. So we weren't crazy all those years. We were. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they uh, shot in all those places, and they shot a lot on sound stages in the LA area. Um, yeah. and you can see it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, I that's, I said that's not how you make an Indiana Jones movie. I said things wrong earlier. Janusz Kaminski is Spielberg's cinematographer. I got the J for a Y names mixed up. I said incorrect facts. Um, 
So here, yeah, we're honest here at Harmless Phosphorescence. <laughs> we try to be. <laughs> what do we have to lie about? There, we, <laughs> there's not a lot at stake. Um, <laughs> we're not Same selling secrets. you bone broth. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> bone broth. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Thought you said steak secrets. Also, <laughs> steak mm-hmm. secrets. Well, yeah, hey, if anyone has any steak that. secrets, I'm down. <laughs> Reverse searing, whatever you got. Um, so outside of our returning Harrison Ford and Karen Allen. Before we get into the cast, I had one production note that I saw. Um, Harrison Ford insisted on using a real whip. Hmm. Uh, the the real Indiana Jones whip where there were safety concerns in the industry at the time and they wanted to CGI the whip and no. Harrison Ford just said that's ridiculous good good for <laughs> you um, yeah. like the whip and the hat do a lot of the acting and meanwhile people are still fighting to fucking not use blanks on sets that's yeah. crazy that's yeah. so easy to CGI that but mm-hmm. like no, we have honestly, he, the whip. Yeah. Honestly, he didn't do a lot of whipping. No, neither <laughs> does. No. The, and the one time he really uses it in this movie, it's to Tarzan himself like a little pendulum. Oh, so, my God. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, in the warehouse. Okay. Yeah, okay, so, all right. I just, okay, it's side note. <laughs> I just, I just rewatched Raider, or, uh, Return of the Jedi in a theater um, for its uh, 30th release. 30th anniversary release. It was great. It's Raiders, you know, whatever. Or Raiders. Return of the Jedi. It was the special edition, wasn't it? It's always the special edition. Bummer. Yeah. No. um, They (laughs) they acknowledged that, actually. The guy came out and was like, no, it's the special edition. It's the only ones that Lucasfilm allows to be screened. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So it's got... The only thing in that special edition-wise I can't live with is Jedi Rocks. Like... The the Chex Mix song? uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the checks or the yeah, yeah man, the honeycomb monster or whatever that guy is. Yeah. Oh, and is it Empire Strikes Back that we see Jabba walk around? No, no, that's New Hope. That's re- oh, New Hope. Yeah, uh, I, that made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, that the, was bad. the one that gets me from Return is uh, when Luke throws himself off the the thing uh-huh. at the end and. Whereas before he silently fell, now he screams oh, as he's falling yeah. down the, the, the chamber oh. after he gets his and hand he cut goes, off. No. No. Yeah. Did that, yeah. Oh god, the nose. But then he he sacrifices himself, but then screams as he's falling. Mm. It makes no <laughs> sense. You mean at the end of Empire when he loses his hand? Oh, Empire. Inside Cloud Storm. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm mixing up mixing up my my movies. Okay. There's a lot of people falling down shafts in Star Wars. That's easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in space. There's yeah. no OSHA in space. So okay, but but my point, my original tangent was I noticed in that um, that there's the point where Chewbacca swings and there's a Tarzan yell. Oh yeah, and then in Revenge of the Sith, the Wookiees swing and there's Tarzan yells. And there was a point in this where uh, Mutt was swinging and there was a brief Tarzan background yell. George Lucas is fucking obsessed with Tarzan. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He's of that age. 
It does, but like, stop putting it in movies, George. We get it. You make the same <laughs> right. reference over and over. Yeah. Yeah, and the story is fairly straightforward, George. Yeah. We get it. We get it. Raised by apes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we were about to jump into the cast. Yeah, so, okay, we got Kate Blanchett joining us this time. Kate Blanchett, uh, <laughs> our own Lydia Tarr. Um, Galadriel. Um, just, just Kate Blanchett. I'm not going to go over her stuff. But I, I will say, um, I bet she was on set for about a quarter of the time. Her, they gave her that hairdo and wig, so specifically, and so and that was her idea. Actually, well, brilliant because. Any stand-in, it's just so easy to have a stand-in for over-the-shoulder shots. Absolutely. Just with that, like, page boy fucking wig. Yeah. Yeah, no, she had to show up 12 days tops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone can point <laughs> from behind. <laughs> um, Jim Broadbent was in this one. Um, he played the prefer the dean. He played the Marcus type character and yeah. he did not deliver. No, he did not. And I like Jim Broadbent in general. But uh but yeah, was... a lot of this was on the page, like you're saying, yeah. the Karen Allen stuff even. Yeah. It, but yeah, they were trying to give us that emotional element and it took two characters to try to replace Marcus, like the Ray Winstone character oh. and then this Dean. And they yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I miss Denholm Elliott. Yeah, Denholm Elliott, man. He brought it. Uh, speaking of Ray Winstone, of course, he played a Mac. Um, Ray Winstone, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, oh, God, his career goes way back. Um, the Departed the, is yeah. where you might have really noticed yeah. him. Yeah, Departed. He's the bad guy in Black Widow. That's right. Yes, that's right. He that's is. Right. He was in Sexy Beast, yes. um, which was a great movie. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh, he was also in Cats. Oh my God. I don't think wow. I even realized that. Um, and I watched that. <laughs> I, I movie. didn't recognize him without his butthole. Yeah. I was gonna say, you could only be cast if you had no butthole. And John Hurt playing whatever the fuck playing that was. What? Yeah. Poor John Hurt. Like damn. Uh, Oxley. Yeah, he played Oxley, but Oxley is the name. It's like the different Ravenwood. Yeah. The mo the mostly off-screen oh, guy that helps him. You know what I just found out which I did not come up in my in our research for uh that film our last episode, uh The Last Crusade. The guy at the beginning that's dressed like Indy, that's uh credited as Fedora. Yeah. That Indy's running from, that was intended to be Abner Ravenwood. And according That would to, make sense. According to George Lucas, I don't know if you can call it his head cannon because he he produced the fucking movie. According uh, to yeah. George Lucas, that is Abner Ravenwood. That, hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, because he admires you know what the kid did. Mm -hmm. So you can see they might be friends. Well, and it makes so much sense. Like like his he becomes his mentor. He models his look after him. Starts banging his mm -hmm. underage daughter. <laughs> 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 it was love at first sight. And that guy was just hired to find the crucifix. He didn't yep. like he wasn't a full time employee for uh the the other guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. The right. guy that was obsessed with Coronado. Yeah, he yeah, was an adventurer for hire. Yeah. Which is why he we didn't more... see him on the boat. He was not an adversary, basically, after he after he gave his hat away. Yeah. Right. He was more of a grave robber. Whereas Indy is a collective for the museum. Yeah. Which it being in Connecticut now, it does make sense. So there's a museum of natural history just literally over a river. Did he, it, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. it was always like, it, what museum in LA are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, all right. So that brings us to Shia LeBeouf. LeBeouf. So, um, this is the guy they thought could take over the indie franchise somehow. Somehow. They teased it. They thought they were going to make Mutt Williams and the adventures of the whatchamacallits. Like, they thought Mutt Williams was going to make, there was going to be a series of Mutt Williams movies. (laughs) Those Those Transformer movies made way more money than anybody expected. Absolutely. I think I think that's why. And they I, there was a lot of that that people thought was on him because he was what brought levity to that. Yeah, he yeah. was fine in the first Transformers film. He was fine. Like it was fine. I mean, <laughs> for a Transformers Holes, movie, it was fine. <laughs> Holes is one of my, you know, favorite movies. Holes is uh, incredible. I, I, lo- yeah. I love Holes, Holes. is great. Holes yeah. is great. Holes, yeah. Um but you're right. I think it was that thing. They kind of did Drew Barrymore too. Like they noticed there was talent really, really young, and then sort of banked a lot on that. And then these people grew up, and it's like, oh, they don't—they're not great adult actors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might have—we might have overinvested. I did never see Honey Boy. Did anybody ever see Honey Boy? I his did own, not. I didn't. Sort of like self autobiography. He plays his own dad or something like that. Yeah, and I guess yeah. he had like a not healthy relationship with his father in when he was in Hollywood as a child actor. Yeah. And that's what the movie's about. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'll pass. I don't want to watch that, but it's interesting. It just there's depth to this dude. Um, I think he's married he's... to Mia Goth, and oh, is she's. He? He's a kind of a weirdo. Yeah, no, you mean Shelly dating Shelly Duvall's doppelganger, Mia Goth? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he is married to Mia Goth. Interesting. Um, wait, it says Mia Goth, they were, it says they were together 2012 to 2018 and 2020 to present. So huh. they, they had a little break there. Um, break, yeah. Oh, they got a kid together. Huh. Um, He's like, I'm making Transformer movies. I can't be tied down. Yeah, they you know got, how much Transformer get I get. Um, yeah. The films he made prior to this was Constantine, in which we talked about him. In, um, but wait, he he played this same kind of role in Constantine, didn't he? Kinda, yeah. But um, <laughs> scrap so Halloran. Yeah, <laughs> Mutt Williams. <laughs> Um, but then he was in uh, Disturbia, which it was all right. Um, and then the movie made right before this was Transformers. So Hollywood was like, he's he's our guy, right? He's our new guy. So somebody, uh, I, was, I was listening to somebody talk about this movie because Dial of Destiny is coming out. 
Somebody said Josh Hartnett should have played this kid. And I immediately was like, wow. Honestly, I think he would just have been a better person to play in that role. That's, I think he would have been better than Shia LaBeouf, yeah. It's interesting to think like, oh, wow, if it hadn't been Shia LaBeouf, this might have been a totally different thing. Like another River Phoenix type of If we had gotten a Rivers Phoenix level actor in this role, there might have been Mutt Williams movies. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so uh, I have some reviews. Um, no Siskel and Ebert, 2008. Our boys were gone, but um, this movie's interesting. It has 76. Which bums me out because I I would wonder what Gene would think of the amount of Karen Allen. <laughs> He'd be like the best, best Indiana Jones movie since the first one. The most Karen Allen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this movie has 77% on Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 53% audience score, which is... Here, yeah. both are high. Uh, I mean, 53, 53 is higher than I think I... But I'm well, just surprised. It, isn't that just like a go-see-it metric? Yeah. Though? Like it's a very digital... Like It's a it's thumb, up, yes. it's a or thumb no. up or down. It's yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's I not like I, it's not I best movie it. ever, worst movie ever. It's just like I don't know, go go, I guess. But <laughs> also, it's it's one of the few um, Indiana Jones films where the audience score is lower than the critic score. Oh yeah, interesting. Uh, it's like Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, not to compare those two things. I love Last Jedi. I do not like this movie. So yeah, I've got a few letterbox reviews. Um, uh, do we want to hear read the- more than a few? You should read a handful of them. I, okay, I'll read all the ones I've got. I, I collected quite uh, a few here. I um, I happen like I've said it a million times. The dogs listen to our podcast when I'm not around. Um, to have familiar voices. Um, and it was Transylvania six five thousand <laughs> was the first time we heard um, gay five star. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so should I go low to high or high to low? Oh, just mix it up. Mix it up. Okay. You have to, we should guess how many stars. Okay. I'll go back and forth. No, I'm just... Can't wait to see Indiana Jones's big screen moment in Oppenheimer. <laughs> I like the cut of his jib, yeah. their jib. It's timely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any guess on the stars? Are you guessing the stars? Oh, am I guessing Three. the stars? I was five. Say one, one star. Oh, it's five stars. That was five. five stars. Yeah. Um, just because something wasn't made by white people doesn't mean it was aliens. <laughs> five, <laughs> five stars. Five stars. I'm so behind that. Half a star. So uh, that's such uh, a great I have. Are you reading uh, the extremes or are you doing like a range of stars? I don't have twos or threes in here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those a lot ones, of middle of the road. One, those ones are always very reasonable and make points. Like they're not <laughs> right. fun. So it's high or low? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, fuck you, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Five stars. 
<laughs> I'm coming for you. Watch your fucking six. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to name people's names. I should remember to do that. It's always funny. That was Jack Carb. Said fuck you, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> He's all, I'm gluten full. So the people who hate Shia LaBeouf, they are so wild. Hmm. I, I was listening to they NPR really at some point, and they were telling this story about like people using uh, inter- information on the internet to find people and Shia LaBeouf had put a video of a flag up in the up on a flagpole for like a few minutes and people triangulated the location somehow and were able to like deliver pizzas and stuff and people went to this flag crazy crazy there's that whole sub genre of like people that find like the google maps people they, they yeah. see an image on Google Maps and then figure out where it is in the world. Just oh, yeah. yeah. Geoguessers. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah. It's a fun game to play. It's actually, it's a little bit easier than you'd think. Is it? Huh. Yeah, it's a little bit easier than you'd think. Hmm. Um, um, my friend Justin, he lives and works in L.A. Um, once Shia LeBeau pulled up next to him and they made eye contact. But Shia, if I remember correctly, just did the like, shh. Motion with like finger to the lips, shush. Yeah, that's like, so not, nothing t- weird, nothing aggressive. Yeah. Who am I Pretty gonna funny, tell though. on the traffic? <laughs> well, and it, I think that he's a classic case of like the unbearable crushing pressure of mm. fame, yeah. And, yeah, and being told you might end up being the next Indiana Jones, also Transformers, blah blah. Like, and then immediately, but then almost immediately the world turning against you yeah. like you said like he became one of those celebrities that had a cult dislike following yeah 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 i, I feel Weird. for the dude honestly he i don't I, have he, a problem with his him. performance I mean, in fury was incredible uh that's where i'm like i know the dude can act he's incredible but also this sucks well, and he does this all that weird so. shit, like the don't let your dreams be dreams, and like watching Shia LaBeouf movies for 24 hours straight while video films. Like, he does those weird things that makes me... Yeah. Well, the, and, like, experimental Franco shit. Yeah. And, and and the weird thing he where where he got... Um, he got sued for, for, uh, for plagiarism and then plagiarized his apology letter. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, you could argue it's performance art. I mean, I'm wondering if it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, all right, more reviews. Indy is so baby girl in this one. Not Five exactly sure why there's aliens, stars, but okay. Baby. Five stars. So baby girl in this one. I yeah. have to have Jude explain that one to me. It's it's, is... it's a Gen Z TikTok thing. <laughs> anybody anybody who's attractive, male or female, is baby girl. So like, oh, Harrison Ford's so baby girl. All right. I see. That is streets ahead. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. Taking this thing out a whole new. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch work. <laughs> uh. Um. All right. You guys are too mean to this movie. Yes, I may be biased since I used to watch this the most during my childhood. (sighs) But come on. Aside from the aliens part, it's just a perfect Indiana Jones movie. Shia is bad. Aside Uh, from the entire conceit of the movie, it was not a bad movie. um, So I thought 
I noticed a lot of the five star reviews, the four and five star reviews were I used to watch this a lot as a kid and I instantly became the, that guy drinking from the cup in Last Crusade who dies from aging. <laughs> yeah, totally. I watched this a lot as a kid. Like, oh no. <laughs> Shut up. Um, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we open. Well, I got, I got one, one last one. All right. All caps. Dean just writes, "Boo." <laughs> it's Dean Kane. Yeah. Uh. So, all right. That is it, guys. You ready? He's to a ghost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh um so yeah that's it you get ready to jump into the movie guys let's get into the fridge (laughs) here we go this is indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skulls we open in 1957 in the nevada desert there's some hep rock and roll kids racing hot rods it is an exciting first few minutes (laughs) I didn't hate the opening. So this is the thing. This is the only Indiana Jones movie where the opening adventure has nothing to do with the fall. Doesn't have nothing to do with the falling adventure. This is just, we just come in in the middle of this adventure and it just continues to the end of the movie. This is the first time. We follow the kids in the hot rod, which leads us to following the um, motorcade type thing. And then just getting through the gate. Yeah, you're right. There's no. But there's no, there's no previous adventure. There's no Indiana Jones getting the, the thing from the temple and like. And being foiled. Yeah. Right. This is where we have our opening. Um, Same villain, same objective. Yeah. It's the. Versus. Uh, like Raiders, we had we had our villain was there, but different objective. Yeah. And in right. in Temple of Doom, it was the thing Com- with the diamond. Completely different. Yeah, he just happened to jump into. Yeah, and then and and then, and then in Last Crusade, it starts with the cross of Coronado. Yeah, this is the only Indiana Jones movie that doesn't have a completely disconnected MacGuffin at the beginning. Yeah, they could have eliminated. All of that getting to the base and started the movie with Indy tied up inside Area 50. I'm st- I don't know if it make it better or worse, but they could have done that. Because you're right. The, the first couple scenes have nothing to do with anything. Well, just no, no, not just showing that. us the Russians sneaking in. Not just that, but like they didn't they didn't have a disconnected adventure in this one. Like they did in I all know. three previous movies. I know. I was saying the very least they could have done. Yeah. Was started with getting him out of the truck, at the very least. Well, okay, and that's the thing too is that the fact that when uh, is that there's all of this they don't actually get going on the adventure. Then even we don't even find out what the objective right. is until the forty minute mark. Right. We don't crystal skulls that doesn't come up until forty minutes in. That's when Mutt shows up. That's around 40 minutes. We get 40 minutes, which is longer than any of the previous like preambles from the films, but also mm-hmm. goes nowhere. Right. Right. <laughs> Just everything about this. It was this movie was so slow. There were so many of them. 
there were so many scenes of Indy standing in a tomb explaining things when usually it's Indy trying to like knock down a wall and being like, well, that over there says that. Come on, let's go. Like right. not just standing Man. and explaining. <sighs> I'm sorry. This movie makes me unreasonably angry. Um, so, yeah, we meet some Soviet agents. They infiltrate Area 51 by posing as American soldiers. We meet Eastern European dominatrix Irina Spalko. <laughs> yeah. 1957. Yeah. 57. Let's keep in mind 1957 when we're thinking about how these people look and what they're doing and thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, and let's also keep in mind 2008 when we think about our Peruvian lost tribe that we meet <laughs> and how that's handled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, I mean, she looks very, like you said, dominatrix. She looks very, very modern. Yeah. You she know, does. like something you'd see on Pornhub now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, we've discovered, so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so we, <laughs> we learned they kidnapped Indy and his partner, Mac. They force Indy to locate an alien corpse from the Roswell incident using a hitherto unknown <laughs> property of magnetism. Yeah, they're real picky and choosy of when that thing is magnetic. And I guess if you put it in a woven burlap type, you know, like a gunny sack, then it's not magnetic. <laughs> um, except for gunpowder, which contains yes. saltpeter, trace amounts of any sort of metal. <sighs> And what's so infuriating is I thought they were also going to use that as a setup for him disarming all of the Russians. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, using it to find the magnetic coffin, yeah. but also like to, to, to on the slide, take every, they show even pouring the grenades. But then it comes to a gun showdown and the guns are back in play. It would have been fun if that, came back. I thought he was going to outsmart them. I didn't think he was going to disarm yeah. them all, but I thought he was going to create an improvised explosive device with all of the gunpowder to use against them. That, that would have worked. And yes, not every bullet had to be taken away, but there wasn't even the simple click, click, click. His gun was the one that was empty. Mm -hmm. Not any of the rush. It's just yeah, another poor example of poor mm -hmm. writing. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a fan of David Kep. Um and his writing, he he's he uh, he he he's responsible for some of the sequel trilogy issues too. Um, but anyways, um, well, not not as responsible as J.J. Abrams, but anyways, or uh, <laughs> Ike Perlmutter. Uh, so, anyways, they uh, locate the corpse, and then it manages to get the drop on the Soviets. Then gets double cro crossed by Mac. So they show that it's after they find it, um, they continue to show us that it's magnetic. There are all these like broken crates uh, and metal bits that had come out of these crates mm -hmm. as they're dragging it onto the, the back of the truck mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Why are there all these broken crates on the floor of this warehouse? They didn't break them open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one that has the Ark of the Covenant is broken. Well, that's later. I know, but and, and that's because point. he drove through a, a wall of crates. But ah, before gotcha. that, like they just 
moved a bunch of crates to get to the one that they wanted, mm -hmm. but yeah. then they show Jenga. all these broken crates all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I, I blame it on like sloppy maintenance or janitorial staff. Right. Upkeep in Area 51. Yeah. Um, I loved how the casket type thing it was in the pod thing was also magnetic because they're dog tags and the gunpowder, small objects, yet they open them with crowbars. Mm. The crowbars do not stick. No. Oh, they did. There, there was a sticking. But they, they showed. But why didn't it go kachink? It did. No. Okay. No, no, it, it did once, I but that. It, I totally it, it would that. only be magnetic when they wanted to show it was magnetic. It wasn't magnetic all the time. It magnetized right, the Prince. crowbar, but not while they were trying to use it to open the thing. Open the right. thing. And it didn't drag itself to the metal truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Um, selective magnetism. Selective magnetism. And also, it's Area 51, and it's like so locked down that they don't even let generals in. But the only people guarding the entire place are three guys at the gate. At the gate. Yeah. There's no one at the actual warehouse. Nobody. And for forget about Russians sneaking on. Uh, those three guys are expecting a nuclear test blast that day. Right. So they haven't even upped the staff for that. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah. Um, Indy Man. Maybe that's why most of the staff was gone. Yeah, you're right. That makes more sense. Yeah. But still, yeah, they're totally unaware of this alien body scheme. Yes. You can't come in. <laughs> We're going to nuke this place. But also, it seemed like they, they recognized the general who was a Russian. Like, did that? Did the Russians infiltrate the American military and rise up to the rank of general? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they recognized him. They recognized his stripes. Mm, okay. Yeah. But we're asking these questions when it could have started already in the fucking, you know, storage unit and him coming out of the truck. Because you're right. Why three guys? Why this? Why did they recognize that scene does nothing? Sorry. Yeah. But so. All right. They. Uh... Well, I mean, the whole beginning does nothing like they could have started. With 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 them, he could have just been. He could have had an unconnected adventure, gone back to his place like usual, his uh his his uh, uh university, yeah. and then like, oh my gosh, they're coming after him. Why? Oh, it's because Mutt came to him with this yeah. letter that has stuff. Like that's all we that need. Is, yeah, that's what should have happened. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal version. I'm saying even in this version, they could have because. The Area 51 stuff is kind of cute. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to use another word, but cute. And they could have started it there. But you're right. The ideal version is the indie formula. Yeah. But even in, even in this, they could have done the bullet the bullet setup. They could have had at least him in the middle of an adventure. Yeah. How did he get kidnapped? How did Indiana Jones end up in the trunk of a car? Probably someone with a gun, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a compelling question knowing what this guy's capable of. And and we come into the middle of his adventures all the time, but those are adventures we just see the end of. Then we start the new one. We don't come into the yeah. middle of the current adventure that's going to take the entire movie. No, and we certainly don't add extra scenes in the beginning <laughs> to bring you to the non-adventure. Uh, with CGI gophers. Oh, the CGI. Yeah. 
bad. So many the CGI of the human beings, like they were in a warehouse. They were in a fucking warehouse and they couldn't set dress it. Yeah. It was so they, far. They reminded me of the little bird mammals on Octo. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. The the porgs. Porgs. Oh, those little guys, yeah. I yeah. No, I can see that. They were very I believe those, I believe those were legit prairie dogs. I, I think you said it, Josh. You're right though. They're we don't open with things like this in the Indiana Jones movie. No. Well, we open it in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I like the little shake, rattle, and roll race through the desert. That's a great point. It's right. But why I would, why wasn't Indy that yeah. involved in any way? It looked like that was the only thing they shot practically, honestly, yeah. was the, the teens in the car. Um, Which is probably the stuff they filmed in Deming. Yeah. You know, they they probably did film that, but nothing else. All it serves is to set up the decade. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, Indy manages to escape. Yeah. There's the big action set piece. He gets out of the warehouse and gets onto the, the rocket car. <laughs> Lord, protect this rocket house and all who dwell within this rocket house. This was one of the things that I wish had been really practical and not like launching Indiana Jones, <laughs> sticking on, him on uh, a real rocket, rocket car, real car out on some salt flats, but no, like <laughs> having a real sled and like going through the, the practice of like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to film it at X speed, but we're going to film it, you know, so it's going, you're traveling this fast. It's going to make you look like you're going really fast. Instead, we got step onto the thing. CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so and, different. Andy made a good point. Where are all the other empty fridges that were blown and thrown right? through the air? Where are all the fridges? Where are all the fridges from the other decoy house? Not decoy, but setup houses. Why were they playing music? Why was music playing in this house? Or Howdy Doody? Howdy Doody was playing oh, right. on the TV. TV. Yeah. Why did but, they turn yeah. the TV on? Why was know. there actual food in the fridge? I don't. Well, food maybe to see the effect on that, but okay. you're right. Like to to simulate the average afternoon in a person's home is not necessary to see the effects. Well, see in the next in the next house over, they had a TV that was off, and they wanted to see the difference between an on TV and an off TV. Like, oh, they, what would happen? They, they both were blown up. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus exactly. Christ! How did you is turned into a real boy? <laughs> Maybe the Howdy Doody TV uh, stayed on, survived. We don't know. We don't know. This is off, this is off screen. <laughs> I'm, I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> they were too. I would rather see that follow up than anything that happened with Indy. Yeah. So, yeah, we get the town. He goes to the town. The refrigerator blows up. I, I thought it was cute where that, that there was that one cute moment where um, – the Russians realize what's happening and they drive away and Indy chases after them like, wait, you're leaving without me. Yeah. Hold on. Um, so uh, he's... Um, and obviously he did not watch it, the very special episode of Punky Brewster where they warned us about playing in fridges. fridges yeah. Uh, they, they really did. <laughs> they did. Cherry almost died. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> He then gets interrogated by the FBI. They think he's a communist due to his association with Mac. Uh, 
We cut to Marshall College. Indy is teaching a class. He does more teaching in this than in the other three movies combined. Yeah. He takes it seriously. Yeah. Uh, General Ross comes in and uh, vouches for him. Not the yeah. same General Ross mm. that and we know he's a, and love. He's about to play General Ross in the new yeah. Captain America movie. He's yeah, taking yeah. over for William Hurt. So it is funny that Harrison Ford was talking to General Ross. It is. Um, so, uh, yeah, he gets uh, placed on an indefinite leave of absence due to the FBI thing. The dean, who is the new Marcus Brody, um, resigns in solidarity, I guess. Um, Indy Pack. It sounded. It sounded like uh, the the board wanted to not give Indy his pay uh, for his leave, but then Dean Charlie, um, in order to get that deal for Indy, um, resigned. Yeah. Yeah, that was his ultimatum. Like he, he took he, he took took a bullet for for Indy. Yeah, he did. For his continued salary. Yeah. <laughs> uh Indy <laughs> Yeah, his side hustle isn't even his side hustle. Yeah. Indy packs up, he decides to head to Europe to teach, but on the train to New York, he is approached by young greaser Mutt Williams. They go to the old chocolate shop when Mutt tells him that a former colleague of his, Harold Oxley, found a crystal skull in Peru um, before being abducted along with Mutt's mom. She says she knows Indy. Indy isn't sure who she is. So when he when he tells him his name, uh, Indy's kind of incredulous. It's like, Mutt? And he says that's the name he gave himself. Mm -hmm. You got a problem with that? But here's my point. He named himself after the dog. Yeah. I was just going to, yep. I was waiting for, yeah. We named the dog Mutt. Yeah. That's it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. So clever. Hmm. But yep. Uh, Mutt Williams. Yeah. That's, and I'm sorry, the 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 Brando, the wild one like shot of him riding directly towards the camera, dressed to yeah. now we know he's emulating that, but sure. it was just so heavy and so on the nose. This is so George yeah. Lucas. Like he can't just lightly touch it. Like he's so ham fisted in everything. With his nostalgia, yeah. Yeah. Nothing is subtle. It's like this was cool. I'm telling you what's cool. <laughs> You know what was cool? White guys in the 50s. Yeah. What are you rebelling against? What do you got? I'm George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. What are you rebelling against? Uh, a, a comfortable middle class oh, lifestyle? I, I, I might have made a mistake. <laughs> uh, so um, they go to Peru. <laughs> there. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. Um, there was the, there's the Soviets. The Soviets the, try to get him. There's the big motorcycle chase. I skipped that chasing. Yeah. Um, it looks like you brought a knife to a gunfight. That was kind of cute. Um, after they, when they crash, they finally, uh, crash slide in the library and the kid is sitting there, um, is one of Indy's students. He's like, Oh, Mr. Jones, I have a question about blah, blah, blah. And then as they ride off, he tells the kid, you got, you want to be a great archaeologist, you got to get out of the library. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it was driving pretty, off on the motorcycle. And it was a pretty badass stunt where like Indy hops off the motorcycle to deal with a couple dudes and gets then, dragged into the car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he like on muscle ups onto the bike too. Yeah. yeah. No, that like yep. metal metal plates in his shoes kind of thing. The, that was great. The motorcycle chase I thought was kind of the best part of the movie like as far as like yeah, action goes been. yeah it yeah. it looked dangerous yeah it looked dangerous yeah it's nothing else thing did that looked dangerous it's the yeah, only thing that right. looked like they actually shot it on moving vehicles yeah like when he's doing the splits with a sword i don't feel like he's in danger you know or even on that fake ass looking cliff yeah Ugh. Yeah. Oh god! Splits. You're you're supposed to feel that danger, but that yeah, fake, but that's fake exactly. looking cliff. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. So uh, let's see. They uh, they find where Oxley was in a cell for some reason. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, in an insane asylum. And as they walked by that one character who's screaming through the bars, I was like. That guy's name is Multiplication Miguel. <laughs> See if you can figure it out. So the the riddle was about uh, <laughs> the lambs reference. <laughs> uh, the riddle written in ancient Uga language uh, said something about the uh, the lines in the earth only the gods can read, and that he deduces those are the the Nazca lines in Peru, um, which just anyone just the, could deduce. Yeah. Just this month, though, yeah. um, uh, Japanese archaeologists discovered four more uh, geoglyphs in the, the Nazca desert hmm. y- using um, AI technology. Interesting. Far out. There are over uh, like 300 different geoglyphs in the area. That's really... The geoglyphs are cool. <laughs> Aliens. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens. Well, yeah. Yeah, they are cool. Um. So they, uh, anyways, they find carvings he made, leads them to the grave of Francisco de or- or- Oriana, a conquistador who was yep. after El Dorado. There they get attacked by some guys for some reason. Uh, These guys just hanging out in the cemetery uh, wearing death masks. <sighs> And isn't and this the jumping one where around they... like spider monkeys? <laughs> yes. And is this where the one where they pop out of little like they're in an advent calendar? They break through these. <laughs> they pop, yeah, little doors. Yeah. But like that they've constructed a barrier, and then they crash uh, through. They've been waiting. That, that was later in the. That, but okay, it, temple, were they like the same the guys? <laughs> they seemed like the know. same guys because they hopped around all crazy like these guys did. Like, who were those yeah. guys? Because if they were these, even if they were these guys <laughs> and not different guys, who are these guys? I don't know. It's supposed to be the same. It's all getting out yeah. of control. And how, <laughs> and how are they saying, you know, I don't know. They're, this is a far advanced society and it has been for centuries, but let's make them primitive oh, <laughs> looking and acting. End, yeah. But also, yeah, I don't oh. know who the fuck these cemetery okay. guys are. I don't know who these cemetery dudes are. Um, it's never it's, explained or explored. They guard the... Trying to make a living, you know? Guarding cemeteries at night. Yeah, they hide in the walls. You get paid extra if you can get we don't, close to the walls. We don't know what, how holidays they celebrate. Right. Well, and like the guy had the blow dart. 
And then he that was <laughs> hardcore. But that like Jude was, was like, oh, it's one of those double-sided blow darts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit, the safety's off. That's funny. That is very uh, funny. Indiana Jones just has the lung power of three men. Yeah. It's just savage. <laughs> I don't know why the dart going in that direction mortifies me more than the dart going in the other direction, but it does. But I just I just okay, so and and they're going down into the crypt. And okay, so sure, Indiana Jones is going into a a tomb, a crypt, whatever. But like I keep thinking about like when they were like going down into the Temple of Doom and how exciting and fun that was with like the bugs and like the thing closing and all that and how boring this was as they just slowly went past wall things that he explains to Mutt and just slowly looks at stuff with Mutt and we had the scorpions briefly. Oh, that was so but... lame. CGI scorpions. Yeah. So lame compared to actual bugs on Kate Capshaw. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, the entire anything inside this crypt and the temple, it all looked the way the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland looks yeah. like inside, like, like <laughs> the sets know, are like weak stagecraft. Yeah. yeah, it looked like someone said, Let's make an Indiana Jones kind of movie. Well, background like production design, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, pa- so, paper mache walls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. What was that show on Nickelodeon <clears throat> Temple of uh Oh yeah. I remember that. Oh yeah, it was like a game show type yeah. thing. It looked like that almost. Yes, yeah. exactly. I used to work at a Jimmy Buffett's that had all kinds of weird rock cliffs inside like fake fiberglass walls that are fake fiberglass waves. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like the inside of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the shit that gets built for a community theater production. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like a theme hotel or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? On Chicken TV Wire or... and uh, Paper Mache. Yeah. Paper Mache. Mm-hmm. So, all right. They, uh, anyways, they find the crystal skull. It's just under a thing. It's just under yeah. a guy. He's just hiding it. Remember the first one where, like, the idol was like in the middle of a room and it was like important uh-huh. feeling. This one's like, Hey, there's something under this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just rifle around for a second. Uh, so what did they get there? They got the another crystal skull. Crystal, they, they got the one crystal skull. Yeah. yeah. The there's main the thing, one. the thing, the movie's named after the, the it. MacGuffin. It was just a under a guy. Why? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, then they leave so and get immediately there, captured by the Soviets. Go ahead, Al. Uh, there, he, he asked why uh, there was uh, Indy's whole hypothesis that Ox showed up. They did show the two uh, sets of footprints, um, and Mutt said it could be the same guy twice. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, so that leads Indy to believe that uh, Ox came here, found the skull, Maybe took it to Akator and then for some reason brought it back to uh, return it to Oriana. He only and checked. Re- return it was one of the words scrawled or. Yeah, return. Like that. that was, yeah, that was the, like the, the main well, word scawled in uh, all different languages. Well, he had to, his to do list. He had to bring yeah. it back because he only checked it out for a week. Yeah. 
<laughs> this kingdom does not fuck around. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they get captured by the Soviets right away. Um. And then they go to the Amazon. There, they get reunited with Oxley, who's. This movie needed Nazis, man. It needed Nazis. Mm-hmm. It did. They keep they keep just running into the same Soviets in this different parts of the jungle. If they had run into Nazis, that'd have been hilarious. If the Nazis are what got them to the Soviets or oh, something. If Nazis and, and Soviets are in it, that would have been yeah, awesome. Like, and they're like, the Nazis are like, ha, we have you, Dr. Jones. And they're like driving them, and the Soviets are like, ha, kill the Nazis, save Dr. Jones. That would have well, worked. Well, it seems to all be driven by her plan yeah, and yeah. her desire and her, you know. It's not like the Fuhrer is collecting weapons to destroy the world. It, she's like, I believe these weird objects are special. So it's, that that's pretty weak. That is. Yeah. I think that I think Stephen his idea of the Nazis hiding, you know, if it if he wanted it to be fifty seven, fine. But that that would have been cool. Or I mean, like, even Nazis still looking for shit. Because George, George talked about how he was inspired by knowing that Stalin was into like psychic powers and stuff. Like if they had just said Stalin wants it, like that would have gone a long way. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the name dropped Stalin at least once. I don't remember it, but okay. I can't say for sure. I was coming in and out of a fugue and state I, during this movie. I can't remember if it was when General Ross uh, told Indy who this woman was. Uh, when he told told him she was a paranormal scientist, or then when she dialogues or monologues uh, in the Amazon after getting, you know, she, she's talking about psychic powers. She thinks that, yeah, psychic warfare, that these skulls can be a mind weapon and blah, blah, yeah. blah. At one of those points, they name dropped Stalin, but it was so quiet, so fast. <laughs> like, here's my boy JS <laughs> on the loop. Um, so yeah, they, uh, yeah. Um, Oxley's he got... forced his people to call him uncle Joe. <laughs> oh, that's true. Sit, oh no, I know. And sit <laughs> on his lap. And, but anyways, um, Oxley has a touch of the crazies. We meet Mutt's mom. Who's Marion Ravenwood. They make Indy stare into the eyes of the skull. Indy gets hypnotized or something. And now he can speak crazy so he can translate what Oxley says. I like this. Nice. Staring I like, into the eyes. I like that we get a little bit of Indy being like, oh, shit. Mm. What the hell was that, man? And and leveling with Oxley afterwards and being like, hey, man, I understand why you're a crazy person now. I liked that setup it, a lot. It's the reason, weak, but I liked it. The reason it bothered me is that it's the same for the entire movie is They've always established that Indy doesn't buy into magic and sorcery and that kind of thing. But each movie ends up having a tad of that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of about belief and what cultures believe what. And this movie is nothing but, you know, paranormal, Mm. parascience, you know. We get an alien corpse in the first, like, scene. Right. Yeah, magic objects that have magic mind powers. And, you know, I get the arc, you know, could I don't know what I'm trying to say. There was too much magic and fantasy to explain things in this movie. Uh, Andy doesn't normally get hypnotized by a 
I, uh, so the end of the movie, we'll, we'll get there, but like, it was like a, what a twist kind of thing at the end, right? Like, it's not the city of gold. It's the friends you made along the way. Kind of <laughs> um, yeah, I have a big question. <laughs> like, but they, I don't even know. I, I'm like, They're beating I, us over the head with it the whole time. Whole yeah. fucking time. It's not a mystery. It's not fun. It's just like, there are aliens and they do have psychic powers. If they and had just gone with the, like, there's a skull and then Indy gets the psychic power thing, I would have been like, oh, whoa, okay. Okay, well, and, that's cool. And in each movie, he, he, he as a character drops nuggets of history and facts about, you know, the people and region that he's in. He's never not talking about crystal skulls. He's not even really talking about archaeology mm-hmm. much at all. Yeah. Yeah, and when, and when he is, it's just very like explainy stuff for for like I don't know. No, you're right. So it's like you said, throw it should. This should have been the unrelated adventure the movie starts with. You know, mm-hmm. I found a crystal skull. We believe it has the psychic powers, Doctor Jones. And then there's the real movie. Yeah, <laughs> the crystal skull should have been that. Like yeah. the golden idol in the oh first. Oh my god! Book. I could, yeah, that would have been fine. And just hand it over, you know, have the Russian that's stealing it mention the psychic powers, and then get on with a fucking proper Indiana Jones. A movie. really, a real Indiana Jones movie, yeah. Um, so they um, what could have been? Yeah, there's a lot of potential in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it was just, nineteen years. In it the just it, like Spielberg feels so checked out. Of the filmmaking aspect of it. So I don't think he was out. as involved as he would have been if he had made it himself. That's a good point. I think he just wanted his friend George to have his fun with aliens because he felt bad because his movies were getting shit on a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Like, you only uh, make one thing, and I've got a lot of things, so you should take Indiana Jones and just make that movie you always wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure it was a fine, <laughs> George. And, fine. Then, and then everyone's like, <laughs> George, we still don't like the thing you do. The thing yeah. you do is still not great. I wonder uh, what it is. Is it Indiana Jones and Star Wars, or is it your ability to direct movies? Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, so, uh, Indiana. <laughs> it used to be about the archaeology, George. Yeah. <laughs> Before you sold out. So, um,. Yeah, Spalko tells Indiana that she believes the skulls to be alien and from the mythical city of Akator. Uh, Indy realizes that Oxley is attempting to communicate through automatic writing. Um, he discovers a route to the city. I hated this on the back of the look at Indy getting his brain hummed by the skull. Mm-hmm. Now Oxley's just writing in thin air. And the Russian lady says, how did I not think of automatic writing? What? Yeah. Why is what? any of this happening? This is not moving anything ahead no, at all. There was, uh, there were so many scenes of people talking. This was mostly people talking. Like, oh, this thing is happening! And, wow, and, I can't believe that we're talking about this thing that's happening. And then some green screen CGI chases, and then more talking. There are times when talking about things happening works, and that's when it's like, yes. And now we will remove the thing from the thing, and it's going to hum his brain. <laughs> Remember in Last Crusade when they were talking about what the things were while he was sitting on top of the the corpse, getting the etching, and he yeah, like, it was like, oh, get right. it. like they were moving along character, they were moving along story, they were moving yes. along action simultaneously. 
Yes, that yeah. was the draw, is that the exposition always came while Indy was in the middle of something. By doing it, something. Yeah, doing something. Sometimes life-threatening. He's giving the exposition as that's happening. In this one, they did this, sort of the same thing, but it's just him and Sh- and Mutt walking around yeah. in that tomb. Just, and he, he slightly mentions the binding of heads, mm-hmm. which is culturally accurate. But again, the archaeology that we look for, and he's like, yeah, they used to do that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. uh, then wander around. Uh, so, all right. Um, now we get the completely dead-end escape thing where they get caught in the slow sand. That was, yeah. what was the point of this? I don't know. And the snake rope thing. Oh, oh, well, and okay. So this is yet another example of a thing happening and they're talking about it. Oh no, it's not quicksand. It's an air pocket. Dry sand pit. Dry sand pit. If there is an air pocket, then air pocket. Oh no, don't move. There's a, we don't need any of that shit. It's quicksand. You're sinking. Somebody needs to grab onto something outside of this. Why are you explaining the oldest movie trope in fucking Hollywood to that, us? And okay, okay, okay. He comes back with a fucking snake, which yeah. is the dumbest shit ever, and is of course well, just for the Indiana Jones snake trope thing. And it would you would kill the snake if you you would tear it in half. You would tear it in half. Um, Yes. Uh, yeah. Made to carry but the weight of a man. I would just like to say one thing. It's not meant to be tensile in that no. way. Yeah. That's what it is. No matter what it's holding, they're not designed. I would just like to in a jungle ropes. full of trees. That's what I was gonna say. You're in yes. There's branches everywhere. Well, we see him fucking swinging from vines later. Vines, branches, vines all sorts of things that everywhere. aren't snakes. And he has a knife on him at all times. Yeah. Uh, but he went and got the. He's like, it's a rat snake. It's fine. <laughs> See, that would have been a funny blooper to play that bit. Like, yeah, yes. On like a deleted scene and have them be like, here's your snake joke for the movie. Because we didn't really get right. a lot of snake jokes in this movie, which kind of. No, but this was the weirdest way to do it. And but this being the one, I'm like, God, that's so dumb. But that would have been really funny for them, like in the world of DVD Easter egg loopers Mm -hmm. because Harrison probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But having him, but having him bust out his knife out of his boot and cut a vine and save his dad makes way more sense for this character. But also this whole escape thing is immediately (laughs) just taken back because they're just take are captured and taken back to camp and right where they started. It's not, it didn't advance anything, anything, Uh, Not a single thing, except it taught kids the wrong way to handle dry sand. See, when we were younger, we knew that you used your arms to pull out your legs and then your face to pull out the rest of your body. Uh, Um, The only thing it it served was uh, they both think they're going to die. And that's when Marion blurts out that uh, Mutt is his son. It does. But that. Oh, my God. This I mean. That the, it's so easy to shoehorn in that plot point anywhere else. Yeah. Is this the <laughs> first moment that they all thought they were going to die? Because there have been about a dozen in the last I, 10 I, minutes of this movie. Okay. This is when over- they thought they were going to die and they were alone. Oh, I guess that's true. They didn't want the Soviets like, to know. I'd like, have been fine with all that if it had not been a snake. 
<laughs> I'd have been fine with all that if it Same. had gone somewhere. Like that. This. No, I'm sorry. The movie's already this, not going. Uh, uh. All right. So then they're going to Akator. Indy escapes. Uh, he gets the skull from the Soviets. There's the whole like they're in the. There's, I don't know. They're just. It's the big CGI chase scene. Uh, well, yeah. uh like. Go ahead. I just. This is up to this point. I can accept this movie for all of its flaws. I can accept <laughs> that there are many things that are bad with this movie, it's, and I can yeah. continue to move forward up wow. to this point. It's like, you know, we watch Temple of Doom, you know, like it's one of those things. The Temple of Doom's not the best Indiana Jones movie. It has its weird moments. This movie had it gone better after this point would have been a perfectly fine. Indiana right. Right. Jones. Cause Indiana Jones, that's what, ha- yeah. Temple of Doom is a good example. Cause the big, like everything <laughs> with all of the stones and going down and calling all of that. I love because I was a kid, but I can see how it's like not, intrinsically well it's, good right it's not good film but story writing whatever the minute they get on that fucking uh mine cart from that moment on it's um like it it is like it's a ride yeah yeah it's a ride and it is fun it, in a good way it feels like you are writing the movie on the cart with them. Yeah. Whereas this feels like you are standing in line oh, for the ride. Yes. <laughs> and so many video, video, video game. Ride. Yeah. The video of the people in line. Totally. Yeah. So this is the it, point where, uh, uh, Indy, I, I, I don't know why I love the line so much, but they commandeer the truck, but then he says, pull up next to that duck. Out of context is hilarious in and of itself, but they're referring to uh, the the ducks, the uh, amphibious transports. Oh, um, uh, which yeah, that kind of look like a boat with wheels. Yeah, uh, very which were actually um, in production in from 1942 to 1945. Uh, the DUKW, also known as the Duck, made by General Motors corporation and that's a duck fact Al, uh, lbj had one of the first for the general public that's my favorite lbj cars. story too oh, oh there's a oh. but I, I think you mentioned this earlier actually brian but like you have this chase scene and you have the duck the amphibious vehicle you have several military jeeps of different size you have a full-on tank and they're all keeping the same speed with each other and the forest clear and, and the forest clear yeah the going pressure. like 30 miles an hour through the, the yeah. jungle and, exactly i think and it needs making, to go a little slower than and, that and then when mutt after he does his sword fighting splits thing and gets separated from them and has to tarzan swing in with a bunch of cgi monkeys somehow catches up to these vehicles that have been going like 30 miles 40 miles an hour through the jungle I mean, if Spider-Man can do it, uh, can a man in the jungle, you know, just like Marlon Brando, that that road doubles back. Exactly. Like Marlon Brando. What'd you say? I said that road doubles back. (laughs) (laughs) There is no road. They're clearing the jungle. uh, So they're clearing the road before. Once they get to the cliff. 
So. They're just they're just been driving in larger <laughs> and larger circles. And we just yeah. can you, noticed. Can you her. turn a thresher around? Why did the monkeys you start just... attacking the Soviets when they got there? I don't did Mutt did Mutt explain the situation on the way while they were swinging? Because yeah, those are capitalist monkeys. Yeah, he was explaining <laughs> All the, the tenets of, capitalist, of yeah. capitalism. Yeah, they're like, wait, uh, I can buy cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> they were immediately on his team. Like yeah. he could talk to com- capuchin yeah. monkeys. He taught them to gamble. You know, drink <laughs> cigarettes, smoke cigarettes. Yeah, r- r- <laughs> <laughs> wear a fez, right, right on the unicycle. Colla- hey, these. Hey, maybe they just wanted to uh, to to make sure they were on the right team this side. Since in Raiders, they were on the Nazi side. <laughs> <laughs> they were that monkey was he had a lot to do with it he was a nazi collaborator um so, <laughs> so they go down they go in down off the cliff down several waterfalls that's fine. three three waterfalls. that was what the map said you gotta go down three massive waterfalls to your three, death three times it drops Three times, right? And that had to be figured. That had to be figured out by some fairly intelligent folks. What does he mean? And then Indy's like, "One starts counting the waterfalls." Like we all knew what that meant. (laughs) You're on the Amazon, and it was such like a opportunity for him to be freaking out because there's two more. You know, oh no, we get to watch him for both as he freaks out each time. Uh, and again, just, just as ridiculous, them jumping out of the plane in Temple of Doom in the I'll round, just as ridiculous, but yeah. somehow so much more fun. So like, well, and I'll, I'll buy the, the nuclear, uh, explosion and the fridge. I'll buy it because that's fun and it's dumb and it's Indiana Jones, that, but to do that and this like and, yeah you, and the driving off the cliff into the tree and then into driving the river off the, right. oh, that was the also tree springing back uh i thought that was very funny and again if that had been the only one of these bits i thought it would have i would have thought it was great i would have been like wow they really gave her a moment but no it's just a series of slapstick cgi but it could have made it even funnier stuff. if that branch launched them Instead of hitting the Russians who were rappelling down, which is funny. But if it just launched that little amphibious thing, it could even land what? in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wiley Coyote style. Yes. If we've already decided to go there, it's like they stop right before they can even make their own bit. Yeah. If that makes sense. Ugh. Ugh. So. They 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 find the rock formation that leads them to Akator. They go inside. Uh, we didn't even talk about all the CGI ants. So many CGI ants. I don't yeah. mind the ants, honestly. If, if that had been the thing, that had been the only. Thing. It's just it was. It's like like. Uh, it's funny because the very first movie called The Thing was about a giant radioactive ant. Really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously, once again, like the Tarzan serials and stuff, like maybe that's what they were going for, the invasion of the giant insect. But I don't know. Everything just leaves me cold. Everything they're trying to do. Absolutely. So they get yeah. into the they, we, we see a 
a very sensitive portrayal of uh, native peoples of Peru inside this place. Uh, before that, when they they showed the painting of uh, the the god or the the gods, uh, mm. when he holds up the the skull to show that <laughs> it's the same, um, and something bad. about how they taught the Uga irrigation and farming, and then I saw the image, and the first thing that popped into my head: cone heads. <laughs> mm, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was so, wrong. That movie's called Them, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eldar, Premat, Conehead. <laughs> um, so, so the Coneheads were actually interdimensional beings. Yep. Oh, and interdimensional. We, we forgot Mac now is on their side because he lied to Indiana uh, Jones about being a CIA agent. I'm referring to the Dan Aykroyd Coneheads. Yeah. Oh, I know. At yeah. this point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not the anthropological they, accurate Coneheads. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but Mac has been leaving. Sorry, I transponders for the soviets to follow um so they uh they i don't know they get to the temple they figure out how to open up the thing and there's the sand um and then they go down to the temple and then the soviets come there we find out mac is actually still on the soviets side um then um Kate Blanchett takes the skull and puts it on the headless skeleton. This was some real, the CGI crystals moving around. Well, one last note on Mac. He he keeps making it clear that he's not really on any side. He's for himself, which is for the money and and capitalism and such. But the reason Indy's suspected of being a communist is because of his association with this dude, which I know he worked with the Russians, but he is a very self-serving capitalist. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I get that. Like they, like you know, Red Scare paranoia. Like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a mood point for sure. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, the for some reason, now that they all have their own heads, the skeletons combine into one alien, like Voltron. That's living. Yeah. Yeah. So she had said something, uh, something, something about a hive mind. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Again, the word hive mind in 1950s. Yeah. Well, from this point on, it gets, yeah, it gets fucking bonkers with the terms they use and people's blase reaction to these terms mm-hmm. and, and shit. <laughs> in, um, interdimensional beings. Yeah. There's I a- want to get to interdimensional, but even real quick, if I may. The, this is what apparently for centuries this being was waiting or these beings were waiting to have happen. And all the while it was in the same, on the same continent, just in a sack under a dead guy. But then as soon as they reach, you know what I'm trying to say? They're so advanced. They help these civilizations thrive. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. have a plan to return to their dimension. And the plan has been foiled all these years because somebody hit the skull. So did this living alien lose its like one fifth of its skull while it was out on a bender in South Yeah, how did America? this living yeah, alien right. become yeah. 13 skeletons? And why couldn't it be recovered by yeah. at the least the people who guard the temple? And like, what is that going to give you knowledge? I guess, is that what happened? Like it, she had, there, there was so much friction from her learning so much knowledge, her head turned into fire. 
she disintegrated into and then went to another dimension. The knowledge, dimension. The knowledge was so fast it made her head explode. Yeah, basically. It was um, too they, fast, too furious. They sort of made it clear that Oriana uh, and his six guys actually found this place and took the skull uh-huh. away, and that's what that's why it ended up in Peru. Sure. But what were these creatures doing when Oriana showed up and took the and skull? Took right. Why were like, they? Sc- were they? Were they just sitting there as skeletons? And why, and why were they? Because yeah. if they're if all the skulls are there, it's this one being that is seemingly organically alive. So yeah, it's a great point. Would would they be skeletons when you walk in the room? Or, I, I, I if think they're so. all together, they combine. But they were just uh, at the at that time. I guess they were just sitting around like this is fine. Um, <laughs> I and see. Then, it was like an unspoken prophetic <laughs> thing. They're just, they're just chilling. Right. Um, it's not and the then, time. then like, this conquistador shows up. It takes the skull, and then once it gets back, they're like, "Nah, we ain't letting this happen again." Peace <laughs> out. <laughs> skull me once. <laughs> So yeah, then then it a portal a portal opens up an interdimensional portal opens up above the chamber. Yes, and they say that word. They say portal. They say interdimensional, and no one in, is faced. I know they're watching this incredible thing happen, but is it going to space? No, another dimension. Why? Why? Why couldn't the answer have been yes? They're going home. Yeah. To finally going home. Another dimension and nobody's phased. The movie then goes to a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Nobody so- it fucking oh, there are multiple dimensions. Like I, I feel like they should have had a conversation as they're walking down the mountain or whatever remains of it. Hey, we should yeah. probably not tell anybody because this is gonna freak people out. Mutt, what do you think? I don't know, man. I think people should know. Like, at least that. And then a well, wedding, yeah. you know, and Indy being like, come on, kid, for the good of the country. Or something. I mean, but that ex- exact thing you described like, could have been done better just by them going to space. Like, we can't, you could have the same conversation. The world can't know about yeah. this right right now, yada, da da. But just to write aliens out completely, they decided to make it another dimension in 1957. Mm hmm. That's so, so weird. So weird. And what was the thing with the Roswell? Right. What, what was the Roswell thing? What was the alien that they had in the bag? What was that? That wasn't right. the skull. It didn't have a crystal skull. It actually did have a, a crystal skeleton. She said so. And she car she uh, slid open the back of its head and revealed that its skull was was oh. made of crystal. So what's she up said, with that one? She said they had found. Uh, uh, a couple of aliens in the Soviet Union that didn't have the crystal skeleton. This one was different. Um, and she says something about maybe they were all looking for the same thing. Oh, they were These the aliens showed up. The Roswell aliens showed up trying to find the crystal skull to help out their their dudes in South okay, America. But was yeah. this, was this yeah. one part of 13 other dudes? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe this is like, like a, a band. 
maybe it's like a caste system, you mm. know? Like they're like, no, you only get two dudes. Well, maybe he gets five guys. If you do, if you're a person that like likes to read up on extraterrestrial like theories and stories, like I do, there is a hierarchy supposedly, at least yeah. as far as the aliens that we believe have visited. Now, as far as the ancient aliens bullshit, that stuff just oh, that's different. It's like the review that Thoreau, you know, any anything to not give credit to the people who actually made the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way non-white people could make those pyramids. Wait, I no want all way. that stuff. All that ancient alien stuff is not uh, like UFO canon. I think. <laughs> I think too. Yeah. Like it's I, awesome. I, I, I absolutely believe in extraterrestrial life. There, the numbers. There's no way. There oh, can't yeah. be yeah. living things, but coming here, drawing some lines in the dirt, and then piecing out like <laughs> showing people yeah. how to make pyramids and like yeah. <laughs> this is how you make a pyramid. What's it for? It's got a tiny room in the bottom. You can bury a guy in. <laughs> what? Like no human could figure out to rock to stack rocks more on the bottom and less on top. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah so. Well, I mean. Ultimately, that's just the, what happens when you get somebody who's so focused on themselves. I want a taller thing. No, it needs to be taller or right. I'll kill you. That's why pyramids are as big as they are. All right. They were inventing, mace, they're inventing masonry. So, yeah. Yeah. They're they're like, like, just, let's keep going. You're a terrible engineer. Kill him. Give me another engineer. Let's build it taller. We can do this. Like, nope. Aliens. Fucking aliens, man. So, anyways, um, they go back to the United States. Indy now gets uh, promoted to associate dean of Marshall College. Uh, woo, woo, and woo. Indiana. Is this like a good thing for him? I, he's going to be gone most know. of the time anyways. I can't imagine he's doing a lot of work as dean. Yeah. Is this a good but I felt like they were trying the to set that up, that he's going to go on less adventures, that he's going to be a settled down. Right. He's going to be settled down and married and yeah. old Mutt Williams is going to pick up that fedora. Are, and are, are he and Karen Allen going to have children again? Is that the plan? <laughs> Settle down and raise a family? I don't know. Yeah. So, Mutt Williams. Yeah. They, they might be past that age. but Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're in their just to Just to live in wedded bliss. Uh, presumably, uh, Dean Charlie got his job back. So he's like head Dean. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Well, yeah, who knows what Indy's really going to do? Well, we'll find out next week. But I, I think he has some of those, uh, like, I'm getting too old for this shit vibe. Yeah. Like, like I, I almost die too often for a guy my age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should be natural causes. <laughs> I'm glad that he didn't let Mutt put his hat on. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd uh, I'm glad we arms. didn't get that moment where but, but that yeah. was that was the tease. Um, they, that was the tease. They so. were expecting it. They were expect and well, and that's why Mutt got like the heroic moment where he's sword fighting and swinging. Like they were it's they were backdoor piloting Mutt Williams. Right. And he started to have the attitude of like, let's go. Like we we go this way, right? Yeah. Come on. We gotta he's getting very indie. Mm-hmm. Um and um, like just thinking in the moment, no real plans kind of thing. Yeah, yeah you're no right. That's the that's the tease. Yeah, 
But, um, but uh, I mean, am I the only one that felt that the name Indiana Jones had a lot to do with the excitement yeah. of these movies? Why Why yeah, would you pass the torch to a Mutt Williams? Yeah. Yeah. Mutt Williams and the adventures of the something something. Mutt like, Williams is a terrible name. It's a terrible yeah. name. And Jones is one of the most common in the world. So he could have grown up with the last name Jones and not think, thought twice. You know what I mean? Like. I know yeah. she married a guy named William. There's no, there's no confusion. But like, as far as a franchise, well, like, her I'm gonna go is... see the new Mutt Williams movie. Whereas, if at least our age, if we hear yeah. the name Indiana Jones, that's exciting. It's an exciting name. Well, and like they, it they comes they, with a little panache. They put a lot of thought into the name Indiana Jones too. It wasn't yes. just tossed off. Mutt Jones felt like they came up with it two days before they started shooting, or Mutt Williams. Yeah. I think I was right. Somebody thought they were being clever with the like we named the dog Mutt. So they don't even tell that L- joke. Lucas thought he was being clever. Right. They don't even make it a joke. I, if Ugh. he had been named himself Barkley or something, like some other generic dog name. <laughs> Clifford Mutt. the big red dog. <laughs> the whole thing Clifford, though, like yeah. a notorious B.I.G. Like he's got Clifford the big red dog BR. What if he was Dog Williams? He's Dog he's Williams. Dog. He's like, I'm, I'm Dog, dog Williams. Williams. <laughs> dog joke. Williams. He just junior. bypasses the joke. <laughs> I'm gonna be a <laughs> bounty hunter. Dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> Outlaw <laughs> country. Marmaduke Williams. Mar- Marmaduke Williams. <laughs> what if we went the opposite direction? He was Garfield Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a cat, not a dog. Taco Bell Heath, Chihuahua. Heath Cliff Williams. <laughs> Whiskers Williams. <laughs> yeah. Mittens. Uh, <laughs> fluffy Nose and Toes Williams. <laughs> oh, Fluffy Nose and Toes. Call me by my given name. Uh, uh, What's that from? That, that was from uh, the Ben Stiller show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was Auntie Dick, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so unanswered questions. I only have one. Why did they do Why? this to me? Why? <laughs> How dare you? First of all, yeah, first I of don't all. know. I don't know. There's so many bad choices. Forget about the story and the script. All that computer animation. The scope is There's too so big. many bad choices. Yeah, so like, many. Like you can do a jungle chase in a car. Just like you have to be three feet away from the car you, you know yeah, well, you, we don't need you to be 25 feet away in the sky you, flying above them mm-hmm. showing them sword fight you could do a jungle chase just real close you you yeah like maybe just drive a car in the jungle <laughs> I, just yeah. wanna, like, I feel like I, you have to talk to george lucas like he's a little baby like hey george man or he talks to us like yeah yeah i think it's just <laughs> how he wants to be communicated with instead of angry fans just treat him like a little baby. <laughs> it's okay, and, Georgia guy. You know you want to come back and make another Star Wars movie. You know you do. Uh-uh. The uh, the forest clear, um, driving at the speed that it did, it felt very Star Wars universe. It felt yeah. like a Star Wars machine. That all yeah. felt very Star Warsy when they were in the jungle to me. Okay, so prequel uh, Star Warsy to be clear. You're you're good at math. How fast do you think they were going in the jungle chase scene? Speed, miles per hour. I love that we ask At all, least 50. all sorts of questions uh, that have nothing to do. Yeah, this is hypothetical. <laughs> like fast enough where you would die if you fell off. 
So were they going fast enough right. that they could be described as furious? I mean, no. uh, Indy's definitely angry. Got problems. Yes, he is. Um, Greatest generation. I I threw out thirty before. Um, I want to say twenty to thirty because I'm now I'm basing it on um, the speed at which uh, Mutt was getting hit in the crotch with the shrubbery <laughs> while he's yeah. doing the. You spread between the two so cars. I'm, I'm, I, I'm picturing the those branches going by. So to scale. 20, 15, 20. Yeah. It looks faster than it. I, I don't know. It felt faster than it looked. Yeah. Well, like or, you said, the road I, is I being it, created. It all over the place. How long? The road's being chase, made ahead of them. How long did this chase happen? This was like at least three or four minutes. At least going 25 miles an hour yeah it was it was a long scene it they, this chase was like 15 minutes long this is an enormous stretch of jungle that they are driving through mm-hmm. i don't know where you would drive through this stretch of jungle and be able to actually like even if you're clearing the road you would have to stop like yeah, yeah. give me rocks rivers things this is just the longest Whoa. straight piece of jungle that is just flat especially in 1957 you know yeah maybe now you could get your hands on a vehicle that could traverse but again trees and all that shit but 1957 that's why they had to make up that threshing machine and like i was Mm. very star wars he made up because yeah yeah in 1957 how are you making roads that fast Mm. yeah like well, and just this this place, this is a massive piece of jungle that just is yeah. unchanging. It doesn't feel like a place; it feels like fucking Tatooine. Yeah, Once or you the, get, you know, the background right. of a video game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, feels like Tatooine. Yeah, motion blur. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. Yeah, it, it was. It's like Endor. Like the Force just goes on forever. Yeah, or, or like or the the speeders on yeah. Tatooine, on yeah, like you, yeah. you're not seeing the, anything. The, the flatness of the terrain was the mm. was yeah, unrealistic. That, yeah, right. It's like running on a treadmill, the, you know. Like that's cool. Do that too, for a it's shot. Too like, even. Yeah, like yeah, but one of do it for the fucking minutes. had like tank. I can't. Whatever those are yeah. called. No, it was all ridiculous. The reason the chases worked like off. in the first in the first and third was because they were on flat desert. <laughs> like it's flat desert. You can just right. all drive. You can just drive. Yeah. Or in the, the first one, an already established mountain road. Yes. Yes. It was an actual road. Well, and again, at the very end of this, and they're not going, back. they're not going straight in, uh, in Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know there are curves yeah. in that road. It's very realistic because it was a real place. Yeah. This this jungle scene, which just yeah. still is just like lives in my brain rent free. This place, because geographically, this place is fucking huge, and they're driving fast in a straight line, so it's getting even bigger the further they go, right? Because it's an imaginary place that doesn't exist. But it, they're also like but on at the, the edge of a cliff the whole time, but going at the in end, a circle. They're on the edge of a cliff, and th- is this a plateau? Then where on earth is this gigantic, massive? miles and miles and miles of plat- of plateau that is hundreds of feet of cliff face. 
It's somewhere near the Brazilian town of Sono. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this is such a George thing. I'm so mad about this. This isn't even an an answer question. This is just me continuing to be mad about this movie. Um, Places aren't real. Places don't matter. Places Mm -hmm. don't exist. Like other directors, you get like places are a character in a movie. Spielberg, every one of those places felt like I remember what the little like lobby to the underground mine in Temple of Doom looks like. Yes. You know, right. Like, I don't remember any of these locations besides the, the warehouse, I guess. And maybe Indy's, uh, like, school classroom. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, everywhere was just a set or CGI. And it was an endless, like Josh is saying, it's an endless video game. So much CGI that didn't need to fucking be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much. All right, all right, all right. Any <laughs> any final thoughts, guys? Well, there we'll see next week. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, next week will be yeah. fun. We'll be shooting from the hip a little bit, seeing as it will be very fresh. Only watching it once um, next week. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It can yeah, only go yeah. up from here. More magic, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, okay, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, open-minded. It's indie. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridges. We'll see how it goes. My money's on time travel. Harrison Ford has seemed to lighten up. It took him 80 years, but he seems to have (laughs) lightened up. (laughs) He's finally grown into that earring. (laughs) He can't can't fly anymore because he keeps crashing, so he has to hang out with people. So, All right. That's next week. Till then, thanks for hanging out with everybody. Hanging out with us, everybody. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley. I'm off to the space between spaces, Walmart. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and my stripper name is Crystal Skull. I'm Brian Lesh, and if Mutt Williams isn't going to be Indiana Jones, I am. I'm Alaric Weber. Unshackle me, and I'll break your nose. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> like so a happy. time. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.